0: All right, NBA playoff preview. It's, it's time. Um, obviously, this is pretty the play-ins. I'm going to make some predictions on the play-ins as well. Play-ins have been wildly successful, in my opinion. I, I have a couple of ideas of gimmicks uh, the NBA should consider. Uh, they're already into the gimmicks with the play-in, which I think is a really good idea. Let's let's add some more. One thing is, I don't think. I think home court is too pronounced in a play-in, right? So just because you got, like, the seventh seed versus the eighth seed, does that really warrant you to get, like, a one-game, single elimination home game? That's a very big advantage, as you've seen, right? Uh, in the Memphis game in particular, you know, the crowd really even helped. Even it was a minimal crowd. Definitely the case with Indiana-Charlotte. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of... You know, a home team in a single game elimination. So, what I want to do is keep the playing. You make it like, you know, a weekend, a long weekend, basically. And you make it at a different NBA city every year, right? So, you have the All Star weekend, which is at a different, you know, it's not at a different city, but it's at different cities, I, I suppose. And then you have the playing weekend, right? And then, you know, maybe to mix it up, just as an example, just to make it clean and easy. One year it's the East team, one year it's the West team. It doesn't have to be that way, but you could definitely do it that way. I don't know. I, I think, you know, that would really help local economy. It's in uh, a, a great uh, weather period. The plan will be, you know, late April or May or what have you. Um, so you can allow for really any team, any city rather to host it, you know, a, a Boston, a Philly, a Chicago, a Cleveland could totally host because it's in the late spring season. I think it'll be really exciting. I think that's a good idea. My other idea, my other little gimmick, um, is the top seeds should choose who they play in the first round. This idea that, like, teams were tanking the last two games or so of the season who are already in the playoffs for positioning – because they were afraid to face the Lakers, uh, is ridiculous, honestly. Like, people want to avoid being the one or two seed. The NBA cannot have that. You want to make sure, if the NBA's goal is to make sure the end of the regular season matters, which the play-in has enabled more games to sort of count, if you will, less resting to occur, then I think you also need to incentivize teams for getting a top seed. Now, there's a few ways to do that. You could do a convoluted, like, hey, based on what seed you are, you get a number of home games throughout the playoffs. I don't know, it's a little complicated. It can get complicated. Make it simple. You choose You choose who you want to play in the first round. So if you're the one seed like Utah or the two seed like Phoenix, I mean, well, look, Chris Paul's got a good attitude about it. Kudos to him. But it's totally not fair. Chris Paul is an example. Leaves this great comeback story for a franchise that hasn't been relevant in years, since the D'Antoni Suns, really. Um, all to just play the Lakers in the first round and and potentially lose in the first round? I mean, that's ridiculous. Instead, they should choose, you know, Portland, maybe Dallas. They want to avoid Golden State. Or maybe they choose Golden State. That's fine. But let them choose. I think it's ridiculous that... Uh, All these teams were avoiding the Lakers. And then that way, you know, the Lakers probably think twice or, you know, maybe they don't actually. So I can flip the script on this. Like the Lakers in that situation want to avoid the play in, but they're totally cool. uh, Probably being a six seed or so because uh, it actually enables them to avoid a top two team automatically. And then they're playing the three seed anyway. But it avoids situations just like that's going to happen where you're not rewarding Phoenix or Utah for being a top-two team. And either one, they're going to play Golden State or the Lakers, um, playing basically teams that, in theory, could be second-round teams in the first round. I don't think that's fair. Uh, Anyway, those are two, two quick adjustments. Going on to the playoffs, talk about playoff previews. So, tonight, I'll just give, I'll give uh, straight picks I, I didn't see the, the spreads. Um, for the play-in, like, I, I don't know. It's very hard for me to – we'll see. The play-in is new. But if a team, like, wins one game, they have a little momentum going, and they're at home, I'm going to have a difficult time seeing how they lose both games. I don't know. I, I just see that. Um, and, also, I was just focusing on the Indiana-Washington game. So that's the game tonight. I don't – I don't think Brooks did a good job of um, managing Westbrook. I mean, he really has an old season, just to be honest. So the Wizard I think the Wizards are gonna lose. Um, Westbrook is a one man transition. And if you can limit that, you're you're good. Um, and they don't play any defense. Like Tatum had fifteen, just ripped them apart. So the Indiana team is still like a veteran team. They're still scrappy. Um, I don't think they do anything in the first round. I think this is like Quite honestly, this is a horrible situation for Indiana. I know this is not crazy. I keep saying this, but, like, uh, you much rather have the 12th pick. I think if you have the 12th pick, if you're Indy, uh, it opens up a couple different possibilities. First, like that late lotto ain't too shabby. There's about three wings that are going to fall in the lotto. And if you get one of the three, you're, you're okay. You have a chance. So people are talking about Moody and Kuzmunga, who, you know, I would agree are the, are the better wings, um, you know, in this, uh, in this draft, but outside of them, you have Sarah Williams, you have, uh, Coos, um, and then you have some guys that could surprise like Josh Gideon stuff. So I, I think the Indiana is going to be able to get an NBA ready wing with the 12th pick. That's not the case with the 17th pick or, or, you know, wherever the 15th, wherever the pick is going to fall. So they're going to have some difficulties there. Um, And I I think they could have been in a position to package up, right? So the team I'm looking at is Cleveland at five, right? Everyone's saying this is a four-player draft pretty much. I think it's a five-player draft. I'm a big Scotty Barnes fan. People think Moody's the fifth pick. That's fine. You could then say it's a six-player draft. Um, I'm a little nervous about Mobley. I I get how good he's going to be at the same time. Centers haven't really killed it in the NBA. So if you're Indiana, I think you had a situation where you're going to have cap. Um, you could have done a deal to move up swap picks and maybe take a shot at a guy like Kevin Love. That is my move. If I'm Indy, I'm trying to move up. I'm, I'm giving you, you if is Lamb's expiring, Holiday's going to be expiring. Um, TJ Warren's going to be expiring, contract. You could move up. You give Cleveland expiring deals. Um, and and a chance to swap picks and and get out of the love's contract. That's what I think. Uh, Either way, look, Indiana's going to win this thing. They're probably going to fire their coach, and then they'll rejigger. And Indiana and Boston are in weirdly similar situations as the seventh and eighth seeds, potentially, in these playoffs. I say that because, like, both teams honestly I, I I love being clever with my trades and stuff like that but just being completely honest you could you could convince me real easily that their best offseason moves from either team is literally to do nothing okay why do I say this Indiana was a top three team to start the season when they were fully healthy they had a full raw even without Warren playing they looked really good. Uh, and then they had a, a string of injuries. Old Depot went down, and then when even they, they got Lavert in the deal, obviously he had the the issue, um, the can the cancer issue, so he was out for for quite a while, and then he didn't get acclimated. He came back. If you give that team a full offseason, get reacclimated, um, there is a very easy world to see where Indiana's healthy um, and fights for a four seed or a five seed. Being, being like a top-five team in the East, for sure. Um, they're in a position to do that this season. The same is the case with Boston. Boston probably got hit by COVID more than any other team, besides maybe Washington, I would say. By the way, Washington the same situation. So, again, they can play the game where they're like, look, we got hit by COVID really hard. We could literally do nothing this off season. just draft the best player available, you know, Maybe some small signing here and there, nothing crazy. Come back healthy, and likely also contend for a, a top four, top five seed. Okay. For fully healthy, right? Jalen Brown's gonna hopefully gonna be back and, and all that. But for either team, is that like is that enough, or do you need a you know hit a double rewind? I, I think for, um, I think for both, I would like to. I never, th- I, I I think, you You know, look, again, I always say this, life's about self-awareness and jamming is no different. So if you're aware and you're telling me like, okay, the best we're going to be is like four or five, like, great. That doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather take two steps back, um, develop more youth, you know, be maybe six or seven, but have a package ready available in case there's another disgruntled star either that's going to be available or my package hits. This is like how you win in the NBA, Okay honestly. And and who's that disgruntled star next? I don't know, but like you're hearing rumors of Portland. What are they gonna do with Lillard? Who knows? Sacramento do something with Fox that they rebuilt. Who knows? There's always going to be a disgruntled one or two stars. Happens every few years that, that ends up becoming available. And I don't know what's gonna happen with New Orleans or with Ingram. So if you're Indiana and as an example, I think both teams, I think Boston Indiana my move for them is basically to move up to get and take a shot at Kevin Love using some assets swapping picks so now you take a shot at the 5th pick or the 6th pick whatever they land um and and hope you know they play well and if they do and you can contend right now great if not and love's a disaster this is why I like the idea He's going to be an expiring contract next season. So now, instead of um, – now if there's a disgruntled star, hopefully the fifth or sixth pick pans out, and I have a great trade package of a big, fat Kevin Love expiring contract if he's just a like carcass. And I have assets if I'm either team. I have assets if I'm Indiana because I have the I have the sixth pick now, and I have future picks. I have assets if I'm Boston. Obviously, I am Naismith, and I now have this new sixth pick. That's what I do if I'm both teams. How I get there for both, Indiana is easier to solve. So how to get there. I think, you look at the Cleveland situation, they look like they they want to sign Jared Allen to a long-term deal. Um, so, again, if I'm Indiana, uh, I think Cleveland listens. If it's the 12th pick, if it's the 17th pick, this is tougher. If it's Warren... And Lamb, and I'm swapping picks to get Love. I don't know for seventeen. I think you're gonna have to. Th- I think you're gonna have to deal Sabonis. I think the deal becomes something like Sabonis, some um, and Lamb basically for Kevin Love in the fifth pick. Now you could tell me, Ethan. You know, Cleveland doesn't do that deal. I don't know. I think Cleveland is not gonna want to move their their backcourt so easily. Um, they were flirting with playoff position at the beginning of the year. I, 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 and then if they're going to re-sign Jared Allen, let's look at the starting lineup potential. Okay. You're going to have Allen. Now I'll tell you what I'll do if I'm Cleveland, by the way, because obviously I'm not Cleveland's GM. I just think that Cleveland accepts this deal, but I can sell my fans. I have Allen Sabonis, a White, and I got the Sexland backcourt. I got Osman off the bench still. Um, so you know, it's it's a good core. I can sell them on that core. What is that team doing? The playoffs, blah, 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 blah. I I don't know. I, I think the G I think Kobe Altman's got some pressure to to make a playoff run. I don't know, for some reason. Him and Chicago for some reason needs to jettison this weird rebuild that either that both teams were doing. So I think I can do it for both sides. Now, if you're Indiana, but you totally changed your team, you got rid of Sabonis. It's true. We got worse. But I see a world where if I have Turner, Love, forget even the, what the pick is doing, Turner, Love, Holiday, Brogdon, and Lavert, I think I'm fighting for a low playoff seed. Is that good or not? I don't know. Now, but again, I have the fifth or sixth pick. So if I get a Scotty Barnes or if I like Moody and that player pans out, now we're in business. We are in business. Um, and I'm in position now. If I get like a Scotty Barnes as an example or, or whoever, and know Shea is is off my bench. I'm in position now to make a big move for a star, whoever that may be. Again, I know Lillard's very committed to Portland. Um, Indiana has never taken risks to get a star. I know they haven't. I know. But look, if you have a chance to, to get one, I think you, you got to go for it sometimes. So that's Indiana's route, in my opinion, to sort of like have her cake and eat it too. They're still a decent team. I think they could reclaim love in that situation. And uh, I think that works. Boston's situation is far more complicated. I think, first of all, Kemba Walker needs to show some value if he has a decent playoff run. He's had a decent end-of-season run. I think if you're Boston, you're hoping one of the L.A. teams don't win the title. Spoiler alert, they both can't win the title. So this idea works. The most obvious example is the Clippers. I keep making this trade idea, and I think it's a good one. So I think the Clippers would be interested in Walker. I think they're going to give up a package like, you know, one uh, are the Morris, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, who, you know, I don't like that contract, but it is what it is, and Patrick Beverly, who hasn't really played a lot since Rondo, um, has gotten there. So they're going give away those those three guys, um, and basically now, again, depending on Walker's value, can you sneak in, hey, we'll add a second, give me Terrence Mann. All right, well, I'm not going to get picky. Let's say that's just the deal. Let's say those are the three guys. This is where it gets complicated. After Boston, then you could flip um, something like, you know, smart – uh, Beverly, who's going to be expiring, by the way. Luke Kennard, who's a wing. Um, and so now you're going to give away Smart. You know, this it gets, it gets, it gets complicated. So it's a three-way deal, right? Smart, Luke Kennard, and Patrick Beverly, basically, go to Cleveland. Along with your first. And maybe if you want to throw in a minor asset, one of Lakeford and Naismith, okay, fine. Um, and then you take back... Kevin Love in the fifth or sixth pick. Now, the reason why I like that deal for Boston, a few reasons. A, um, shout out to locked on Celtics. Adam Taylor made a great point. Brad Stevens loves spacing fives. I think they end up playing Love at the five, and they have a really good chance of resurrecting him there. What happens with Robert Williams and Thompson? You know, again, their, their health is questionable. But I think you could start Thompson, Love, Tatum, Brown, um, and, you know, either you, you know, I, I understand you have a point guard here, um, and then test out Langford or, or, you know, or you could put your point guard, figure out your point guard situation. Um, but I do think I do think that idea works. Or you don't go for the fifth pick, you go for Darius Garland and Kevin Love, and then Garland becomes your point guard, either or, for the Celtics. For me, I'm totally fine, like, figuring out the point guard situation or even, like, signing a stopgap point. You don't have to draft one at five or six. You could. You don't have to. So, and that, and I like that situation a lot, actually. I really do. And the Celtics just, um... They do the same thing as Indiana, basically. You reclaim Love. You have a couple of spacing fives. You have nice veterans with Morris in there. You re-sign Fournier. Yeah, I mean, like, it totally works. You want to go for a point guard in in free agency on Alonzo Ball, maybe? You don't have to. Point guard position is the easiest position to claim in the NBA. The two easiest positions to get is just a durable center, like a Tristan Thompson. Really easy player to obtain a free agency. Kylo Quinn has not been claimed. He's great. Point guard, similar. Look what happened to Austin Rivers. Anyway, that's what I do if I'm, if I'm both to, to reclaim it. I, I, we didn't really go for the playoff preview. I'm going to start in the East. We'll do the West um, tomorrow, later this week. Let's go to the Eastern Conference playoff preview. We're going to make some predictions here. So, again, Indiana's going to win tonight. If they don't... Egg all over my face. Let's assume they win. So, assuming that they do, you're going to see um, Indiana-Philly 1-8. Which is actually going to be kind of a slugfest. It's going to be a nice old school series. Indiana is like... I feel like... Just like in my like lifetime, I always associate like tough playoff battles with Indiana. They're just always there. They're a very annoying playoff team. I remember when the Celtics played them in the mid two thousands, and there was the whole Jamal Tinsley, Paul Pierce incident. And Paul Pierce was in the post game conference with like some like weird bandage over his chin because he called Tinsley a dirty player because he hit him in the chin or whatever. Like it was just ridiculous. But um, they're 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 super. They're always scrappy. I mean, that's really just their DNA. Since Larry Brown, even probably before them. So I think Indiana. I, I don't think Philly has an easy time here. I think Indiana really battles them. Um, now, granted, Miami really clobbered them. But I don't think Sabonis was healthy. So with with a healthy Sabonis, and Brogdon's going to get a higher usage now and. Look, if Indiana wants to do a full rebuild, that's your guy. I, I love Malcolm Brogdon. Um, but, you know, he's got a chance now to really elevate his his value, I think, to teams if you want to do that audition. And if is looking for a crazy, fleshed-out rebuild and repackage him to whoever, I don't know, Golden State or someone like that, then this is the perfect situation for that. Fine. Philly's going to knock off Indiana in six games. They move on. Okay. 4-5. or We're going to do it that way because then they face each other. Uh, New York and Atlanta. This is the big one. I've been debating this back and forth. For me, like this is what it comes down to. I just feel like in the playoff series where scouting is overdone, um, every team kind of knows what every team is going to do, and things end up going down to pick and rolls, and individual talent, and a lot of ISO sets. I just feel like Atlanta has more people that can beat you. Now, it's going to depend on how McMillan runs this rotation, and DeAndre Hunter is an X-Factor. So without um, Cam Reddish and Hunter, it's forced Atlanta to have a more sensible rotation. Their team is immensely talented. People don't give them enough credit for how talented they are. But if they roll with something like Young, Kevin Herter, um, Tony Snell, or, or, or Shlomo Hill, um, Collins, Capella with you know Gallo, Bogey, um, Lou Will. I mean, that rotation is, is dangerous. Talk about the number of guys that could beat you, right? You got Young. Bogey, Collins, Capella can have a big night, Hunter. I mean, you have four or five guys that are really capable. With the Knicks, I feel like he only have two and a half. Randall and Rose and a little bit of Barrett. Now, again, if Quickly's going to get minutes, which I'm very doubtful of, then maybe. So I see um, Atlanta winning the series. Does it go six or seven? It's going to go either one. Usually, yeah, if it's a home team, they go six. Okay, you can go six. Um, but I, I think Atlanta is going to move on. I do. Sorry, Knicks fans. That's my, my take. Just too much too much firepower uh, on that team. 3-6. This is an interesting one. Uh, well, 2-7. Brooklyn's going to smoke Boston. Spoiler alert. I'm a Celtics fan. They will smoke us like a cigar. This is ridiculous. Easily the most lopsided first-round series. Easily. I mean, like, we have a worse version of their team. It's like Kemba Kyrie. Okay, we're like 20% worse. You want to keep going here? Tatum, Durant. Okay, we're like 20% worse. Should we Should we keep going? We don't have Brown. Uh, great. What about Harden? Harden, 48, like 100% worse. We. This is like such the worst version of their team. So, yeah, we'll get smoked. Unless, like, Brad Stevens wants to win Coach of the Year in the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe the legend of Luke Cornett arises and he hits 10 threes we're gonna get smoked they have to do something completely different in this series i would like to see some cleverness from coaching don't roll out the same effing rotation i would like to see something different like langford maybe starts and 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 challenges Kyrie. something like that give me a difference because you're not gonna win throwing the same crap rant done okay miami milwaukee this is the last one we'll do this is a good series this is easily the best first round matchup series. I think Miami's missing Jay Crowder. Is that is that enough to make up the difference that happened last year? The other thing is like, did Budenholzer adjust for the playoffs with the with the with the wall? I'm gonna say Miami wins the series. Um, I, I think they've uh, super confidence going in. Uh, Milwaukee. I haven't seen them like really adjust in terms of like either making Giannis a post-up or doing, I don't know, other things to enable other talents of the team to to be successful. So Miami moves on. So to recap, again, if you want to play NBA Futures, go to us.888sport.com. Promo code GET88, bet $20, get 88 bet 20 bucks, get 88 dollars in free bets. You can use these Futures. So Sixers in six, I'm going to go with... Uh, Atlanta in six. Um, Miami in six. Uh, Brooklyn in four. And we will reconvene next time with the West.